Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends get drunk and talk about gruesome murders. Each week we pick a different drink whose name or ingredients set the tone for our stories. Hey guys, it's oh, Joanne. Wait, hold on. Oh, what? Well, I was all moving and fidgety. Oh, well. Now I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Jackie, for joining us today. All right. Hey, guys. This is Drea. This is Jackie. And you're tuning in to Killer Cocktails, and this week we are doing the old-fashioned. Yeah. And it's tasty. I like it. It's nice. I'm surprised that you like it, because I don't think of you as someone who likes bourbon. I'm not on the rocks kind of bourbon, but, mm-hmm. you know, you got your bitters, you got your sugar. We added enough other stuff in there that you're cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We did want to do a taste test today mm-hmm. and so we bought this little thing called the it's crazy pocket cocktails and essentially it's um a prepaid prepaid <laughs> pre-made packet um of everything you would need to make an old-fashioned and it's supposed to be like if you're out camping it's like dehydrated yeah yeah it's like a cocktail for a spaceman yeah and so what you do is you open the packet pour it into your shaker the you- packet or the sachet Oh, don't get me started with instructions, a little sachet. Get off me. It's spelled <laughs> S-A-C-H-E-T. Yeah. They would have saved money on the printing if they went with bag. Yeah. But, anywho. So you open up the, the little pouch, <laughs> and you pour the contents into your shaker, and then you fill water to this water line they have on the packet. And then, Which I was pretty concerned about. I didn't know if you were supposed to let the packet get it, big. It felt like too much volume. Because yeah. if you think of the recipe for an old-fashioned, it's really just the sugar and the bitters mm-hmm. and the bourbon. Yeah. So and then an ice cube, just yeah, kind of water and, it down. And here yeah. we're adding this whole, like, sachet packet of water. Mm-hmm. Which is a couple ounces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you add the water and then you add your bourbon and we did two ounces of the bourbon and you shake it for 15 seconds. And... Ooh, and our bourbon. Oh, talk about our bourbon, Jaggy. I can't remember cause it's around the corner, but it's a Woodford reserve double barrel, like finished in a second oak barrel. Say what? It's tasty. I don't know my bourbons, but that sounds fancy. I, we were, there were a bunch of us out for bourbons in a basement and. Wait, what? <laughs> we were in a basement in Portland. Oh. We had a bunch of we had bourbons. Okay. And I ordered a Blanton's and they didn't have it, so I had a Basil Hayden's, which was tasty. And Caroline got, I think, this, if not something similar to this, where when I saw this on the shelf, I was like, ooh, I think I want to do this double bourbon, this double barrel business. Yeah. No, I like it. It's, it was good. It's good. And I think it really stepped up the... The packet old-fashioned. I was concerned that would be a terrible drink. Yeah. But and I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. I think... And I also thought, like, if I was backpacking... Mm-hmm. Make that sure w- that you remember to bring the alcohol with you, because the alcohol is not in the packet. Yes, correct. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. If, if you're out, yeah, backpacking with this, I think it'd be fabulous. I think later this week, we're going to go out to the lakes and bring one of these and make ourselves an old-fashioned. That is correct. Hang out by the lake. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a pocket cocktail. We'll take a picture of that for the Instagram. Um, but let's get into the history. Yes. Yes. I'm curious. Okay. So the old fashioned is a cocktail made by muddling sugar with bitters, then adding alcohol. Uh, originally it was made with whiskey, but now people sometimes use brandy. And then finally you're going to do a twist of citrus rind for like a little garnish. Mm -hmm. And it's traditionally served in an old fashioned glass. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So the old fashioned is the epitome of the definition of cocktail because the definition of a cocktail is a drink that is made with spirits, bitters, water, and sugar. Get out of here. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I learned something. Yeah. <laughs> Every day on this podcast, Jackie. Every day, every day. Um, so there's this guy, J.E. Alexander, and he describes a similar cocktail in 1833. And as he encountered it, it was like in New York City and it was um, sometimes it had rum, sometimes it had gin or brandy, but a significant amount of water and bitters and then sugar, though he uh, would garnish it with a nutmeg. Huh. Yeah. And then, festive. Festive. Yeah. Yeah. And then by the 1860s, it was common for absinthe and other liqueurs to be added to the cocktail. Okay. Which I don't know how I feel about absinthe and I'd... the bitters and the orange. And... I'm trying to think if I've ever had it. Like you do, you pour. I believe you pour it over sugar, so you have that sugar cube element to it. Yeah. But I don't know if you add bitters 
we'll have I don't to do think that I have. Because then there, there's like real absinthe and then there's like what they'll allow into the United States. Yeah. And I feel like if I've had it, I've only had the not real one. Yeah. Isn't it supposed to make you go cuckoo? Um, I can't remember if that was a myth c- or not. Cuckoo worms in it or? I think there's some kind of whatever the fucking um, or psychedelic like sits in portion. a dogwood or something. Yeah, portion of, I thought it was mushroom. I don't yeah, know. Obviously, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Google it, yes. Um, okay, so the first use of the name Old Fashioned uh, for a bourbon whiskey cocktail was said to have been at the Pendennis Club, which is mm. a gentleman's club, founded in 1881 in Louisville, Kentucky. The recipe was said to have been invented by a bartender at that club in honor of Colonel James E. Pepper. <laughs> and he was a prominent bourbon distiller, and he brought it to the Wardorf mm, <laughs> Wardorf that one Astoria Hotel Bar in New York Waldorf City. Waldorf. There you go, I'm Waldorf just... Astoria. I could be wrong. I think John Lennon died in the lobby. Oh, I feel like his the crazy stalker dude shot him outside. Yeah. I want to say it was the Waldorf, Waldorf Astoria. That's so crazy you brought that up. I was just reading that story for some reason. About John Lennon? Yeah, it was like on an Instagram post. Is it like the anniversary or something? Uh, no, I think it was just on the like, creepy okay, weird just, facts. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so with its conception rooted in the uh, city's history uh, in Louisville, um, in 2015, the city named the Old Fashioned as its official cocktail. I like it. So each year during the first two weeks of June, Louisville celebrates Old Fashioned Fortnight which encompasses bourbon events, cocktail specials, and National Bourbon Day, which is also so celebrated on June 14th. Sounds like fun. Sounds like we need to go there. Yes. Yes. The travels must start. <laughs> um, so that's the history. And I was going to let you guys know what we did after we did the pack of Old Fashioned. Yeah. Uh, so our bartender friend, Matt. Our official bartender. Uh, yeah. I guess he's technically retired bartender well now he works for killer cocktails well there you without go. being paid he's our intern yeah <laughs> our intern matt thanks matt um and so he gave us two recipes so right now we're drinking the pre-prohibition um drink and it tastes pre-prohibition oh it's just raw i like it <laughs> it's good because it's not as sweet he's he said the post one is a little bit sweeter yeah so for this one you're gonna muddle sugar cube and then you're gonna do two man dashes of bitters as this youtube video told me to do um so i guess just really get in there and then you're gonna let um you're gonna muddle this until it like slightly dissolves and then you're gonna add two ounces of your whiskey and you're gonna stir that until that's almost dissolved and then you're gonna add your ice and then you're gonna garnish with an orange peel and so when you take your orange peel, you're going to want to squeeze it over the glass to get yeah. those oils coming out. And then um, he suggested kind of doing like a rim job with, with the orange peel <laughs> to kind of get those flavors and oils on the rim of your glass. So when you're drinking it, you really get a little bit of orange. Taste it. Yeah. But yeah, no, I really like this version. It's, this is a nice little cocktail. Yeah. All right. Is it murder time? It's murder time. Jackie, I think it's your murder first. Here we go. All right. So... The twist I took on the old fashioned uh, was I went with old fashion. <laughs> oh, like, 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 like fashion. Like I chose the murder <laughs> of Giovanni Versace. Ooh, nice. Who okay. was a relative, like, offensively using the term old. He was a kind of older dude. Yeah. Uh, and he was very much a part of the fashion world. So Giovanni, or his friends called him Gianni Versace, was born in Reggio Calabria. So it's the tip of Italy's boot Ooh. Uh, on December 2nd, 1946. Um, he was an Italian fashion designer, if you're not familiar with him. He's founder of Versace. Uh, it was a fashion house. They produced accessories, fragrances, makeup, home furnishings, but most notably, clothes. Uh, he also designed costumes and stuff for movies and theaters and whatnot. So I, I have to say, I didn't know he was murdered. Versace? Yeah. I had no idea. Oh, <laughs> famously murdered. I am so out of the fashion world and yeah but like this you know what here's what i want to say okay you are not in tune with mid to late 90s murders you're just too young <laughs> but you said 1946 well that's when he was born oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm listening <laughs> that was a jackie move right there <laughs> dang it yeah no, oh, he, that was a baby he died in the 90s so i i think like super famous 90s i'm um, like OJ, Versace, Selena. Selena, you're just, 
Not about it. Right over your head. <laughs> all right. I'm glad I could educate you on these 90s murders. Thanks, Jackie. It's all about, I love the 90s. <laughs> I love the 90s. Do too. Okay, so by the time he's in his mid-20s, uh, Versace, he's in Milan now, and he is, which is the hot epicenter of fashion, he is rising in the ranks, he's making six figures, he's a famous designer. Um, his collection gets shown in uh, the Permanente, Permanente, Permanente. Like Kaiser Permanente. Permanente, which is a <laughs> which is a contemporary art museum. Okay, here's my fa- like one of my favorite things about him. So he becomes like the darling of Milan. Everybody loves his really provocative clothing. He's not making designs like other people. And he ignites a bitter rivalry with Giorgio Armani. Ooh. The saying went, Armani dresses the wife and Versace dresses the mistress. Oh, <laughs> snap. Yeah, so I, that's... One of my favorite parts of this whole story. Okay, so Anna Winter. Are you familiar with Anna Winter? Nope. She's the editor-in-chief of Vogue. God damn it. (laughs) With the glasses? Yeah. And the bob? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just don't do names. So Devil Wears Prada, (laughs) like that whole, like, Miranda, loosely based on on Anna Winter. So, or Anna Wintour. I'm going to call her Anna Winter. Uh, (laughs) Is that her name or no? Well, it's W-I-N-T-O-U-R. So, like... How fancy are you saying it? Probably fucking fancy. She's the editor of Vogue. But I don't think it's Wintour. Okay. Mm. Someone mm. will let us know, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so she says, famously quotes, not only was he a brilliant designer, but he was a brilliant marketer. He was the first person to bring celebrities into the front rows of his fashion shows. Mm. So he was the first uh, the first person to use actri- act- excuse me, actresses and rock stars in his advertising campaigns. He understood the importance of getting his name and his image out on a global level. So when we think of fashion now, Versace had a ton to do with it evolving and becoming what it is. Oh, wow. Um, He was friends with Eric Clapton, Diana, uh, Princess of Wales, Princess Di, Naomi Campbell, Duran Duran, Madonna, Elton John, Cher, Sting, Tupac. Can you, what? Can you imagine hanging out with, like, all those people in the same room? Yeah, like, they're in the same circles. (laughs) Yeah. Tupac? Tupac. All right. (laughs) <laughs> he's fancy he's fancy so did you know yeah that tupac i think i do know this fact it's a good fact dance ballet oh that's not where i thought you were going yeah he was like he went to like an institute he went to so oh in oakland he yeah. went to a a performing arts mm-hmm. fancy schmancy high school yeah where he met do you know no he met and like kind of dated kind of didn't date jada pinkett smith no really ffs Oh. Yeah, they were very close. Yeah. Hmm. Tupac also dated, uh, do you know Rashida Jones? I know that name. So Rashida Jones was on The Office. She was, uh, Jim dated her before Pam. Karen? What? Yeah. What? Rashida Jones is the daughter of Quincy Jones. Okay. So Quincy Jones is black. Her mom is white, I think. Uh Uh-huh. And... Tupac kind of famously went on this, like, tirade about people shouldn't date people outside their race. Oh. And then, after feeling so strongly about it, he meets Rashida's sister and starts dating her. He's like, hey. He's like, oh, never mind. I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. My bad. I didn't see the error in my ways yet. Oh, Tupac. I didn't know that about him. Tupac. Poet doesn't know it. I think he knew it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so now we're going to transition off of Versace. And we're going to talk about this guy, Andrew. Okay. All right. So, born in National City, which I had no idea where that was, so I looked it up. It's in between San Diego and Chula Vista. Okay. So, it's way down there. There's a place in California that you don't know. (laughs) Apparently. By God. National City. (laughs) Uh, It's in California. Uh, He was born on August 31st, 1969. His name... Your eyebrows. Sorry. Father is Modesto Cunanan, who is Filipino. He was a Navy veteran turned stockbroker. Okay. Mild success, I think, kind of ebbs and flows to them having money. Much like the stock market has <laughs> ebbs and flows. Uh, Marianne, oof, here we go. Salachi? Sil- I like it. Scalacci? Nope, not as much. Mm. It's Italian. She's an Italian-American, I think. Yeah. <laughs> she allegedly suffered from some sort of mental illness, but like, did she, didn't she? It's not really on record. Um, so they had Andrew Philip Cunanan. Uh, he's the youngest of four children. He was reportedly, he reportedly had an IQ of 147. Holy balls. Do you know how high that is? That's fucking high. That is high. Where was Einstein? I don't know. 
That's 147 is high. High. That is higher than 99 point some odd percent of the population. Damn. Because everybody, you know, averages 100, right? So Einstein had an IQ of 160. Damn, he was smart. He was tickling Einstein smart. (laughs) (laughs) Your motion for tickling? (laughs) (laughs) All right. But that's, I mean. Yeah. I think Mensa, you have to be like, what's Mensa? Like 130? 125? Mensa. I don't even know what you're talking about. M-E-N-S-A. It's the Smart People's Club. Oh, I think I test. I tried to test into this, and I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I feel like I tried to convert my SAT score, and I was like, mm, "Yeah, I'm practically Mensa." Okay, <laughs> Mensa qualifying score is 130 or higher. Yeah, so dude's smart. Yeah, dude is smart, but you'll learn he's a weirdo. I mean, I think it's a kind of give and take. You, you know, like imagine you being that much smarter than everyone else you encounter. Yeah. Ugh. It's like the what was it? Limitless. That movie. Did you ever see that? Based on Flowers for Algernon, only they, like, spiced it up with some techno music. Yeah, yeah. and it has, uh, what's-his-face in it? Bradley Cooper. Yes. I haven't even seen it, but I know. <laughs> Your fucking knowledge <laughs> of names astounds me. Um, but yeah, no, he just, you know, gets bored with everyone, essentially, because he's yeah. just on this higher platform. I mean, at first it's fun, because he's wowing everyone, but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he reportedly has this IQ of 147. The dude's super smart. Uh, his brother Christopher said that by age 10, he had read and memorized their set of encyclopedias. Damn, he was bored. And like, where, like, at, like the way he would describe it, they would pick up an encyclopedia, flip it to a section, and quiz him on it, and he would know the answer. That's crazy. So, yeah. Hmm. Very smart. Good memory. Uh, he attended the Bishop School in L.A. In, excuse, in L.A. In La Jolla. That was embarrassing. <laughs> uh... It's a private school. None of his other siblings went there. So they, like, kind of broke the bank, mortgaged their house. Like, this dude's smart. we got to put him in a fancier school. So they put him in this private school. Um, Most of the other families in the school have a lot of money. So he feels, and, like, his family doesn't have a ton of money. They're, like, it's like it's Gilmore Girl style. They're, Mm -hmm. like, trying to get Rory into this prep school. Oh, my God. (laughs) So uh, in order to fit in... Andrew starts making up stories about his background. Uh, it leads many people, like now, like hindsight's twenty twenty, to say like there's early signs of antisocial uh, personality disorder, mm-hmm. which is what I've learned the replacement for. You used to call them uh, a psychopath or a sociopath. Mm. You don't use those terms anymore. It's antisocial personality disorder. Oh, okay, that's good to know. So it's people saying like, here's some signs of him like lying all the time, which it's like you know. High school kids fitting in, but I guess at the levels to which he was lying are pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so he would change his appearance all throughout school to whatever he felt like looked most attractive at the time, which again is most high schoolers. Uh, later in life, Cunanan would claim that his father was an Israeli millionaire and a Fifth Avenue uh, aristocrat. Huh. Like he'd shoot for the moon on these. Yeah. Cunanan's father would later claim that his son was an altar boy. Not a homosexual, and did not do what police say he did. So both of them were a little off on each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so by age 19, Andrew has started, so he's out of high school, he started frequenting gay bars, um, and is, and like, all through high school, he's openly gay, like, it's not, it's okay, not so a thing. Okay, that's why his father said yeah. that thing. Okay. Uh, but they're religious, like, his mother, so it kind of comes out to the family mm-hmm. when he's 19, and he's not shunned, he's not, like... Sent away, but he moves away. Yeah. Uh, he goes to San Diego. He goes to UC San Diego, and he has a major. This is in 1987. Uh, he majors in U.S. history. Two years later, he drops out. He moves to the Castro in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and he's not going to school. He's just he becomes like a staple on the gay scene. He's just out every night, um, and his new job is just befriending old rich men. Oh. He's uh, reportedly has an addiction to cocaine and meth. And he takes an interest in creating violent porn. Oh, like, okay. Is he filming or participating? I could not get an answer, and I didn't want to delve too deep. <laughs> Let me see that Google search. <laughs> um, okay. He's just, like, finding sugar daddies. Yeah. No, yeah. He finds a sugar daddy. Uh, oh, interruption. <laughs> Are you interrupting your own story? You know, I can't stop myself. <laughs> it is reported by some uh-huh. that in 1990, Versace and Cunanan met at Colossus, a San Francisco nightclub. What? Kunanen was pleased to find out that Versace 
recognized him from a party at his house on Lake Como. Wait, wait, wait. So Andrew went to a party? So, uh, wait. At this club. Yeah. According to Kunanen, yeah. Versace's like, I remember you. You were at a party at my house in Lake Como. Doing violent porn in my living room. <laughs> Whether Kunanen had ever actually been to Lake Como is up for debate. Yeah. Or Cuomo, Como. Uh, but he still would use that story all the time to gain recognition. He'd tell people, I was at a club in San Francisco. I ran into Versace. He remembered me from this party. Mm-hmm. So whether he ever met him at a party, whether he ever met him at a party at a club in San Francisco, all of that is up for debate. Okay. But it's supposedly the only time they would have ever interacted with each other. So either uh, Kunanen's obsessed with Versace and never met him. Or he did have this kind of brush with him, or more than a brush with him, and, like, couldn't let it go. Mm-hmm. All of that's up for debate. So he has this, like, rich sugar daddy, and the dude's name is Blanchford. And I don't know how long they're together with each other, uh, but he's one of his, like, wealthy lovers. And uh, Blanchard allegedly was bankrolling his lifestyle, providing him with $2,000 a month allowance, mm-hmm. uh, a fancy car to drive, vacations to New York, uh, south the south of France... Uh, reportedly he broke up with him because, uh, Andrew kept bugging him for a Mercedes. So in 1996, the sugar daddy cuts him off. So now he doesn't get to live this rich, lavish lifestyle that he feels entitled to. And it only has one sugar daddy. Yeah. He's not doing the game right. Well, so it also says that he like started to feel like he had kind of let his looks go while he was in this Uh, long-term relationship with the sugar daddy. You can't do that when you're sugar, baby. You got to keep things tight. Yeah. So he didn't, or he, you know, he doesn't anyway. Okay. So, in April of 1997, so this is uh, not long before the first murder he will commit. Mm, First. Oh, your face. He starts telling friends uh, in San Diego that he's going to fly to Minnesota to settle some business. You don't have business. He's going to settle some business with an old friend, Jeffrey Trail. Okay. So, while it's not clear how Cunanan knew Trail, um, investigators now think that they might have a romantic link of some sort. So Jeff Trail is a Gulf War veteran, and David Madsen is a successful architect whom Cunanan had, had briefly dated. Okay. Both these guys live in Minnesota uh, and ultimately will become his first victims. He beat Trail to death with a claw hammer. Whoa. That came... Okay. In Ma- yeah, that. yeah, get ready. <laughs> I'm going to give you horrible details because this is what you want. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you voted and we heard <laughs> gruesome what details. Almost, almost a tie. He beat... Uh, so he beats him to death with a claw hammer, which this is the second time a claw hammer has emerged mm. in our stories, mm-hmm. um, in Madsen's apartment. Wait, well, I was going to say, are there not claw hammers? Yeah, there, there's, yeah, there's, there's, but they're like mallets. Well, there's ball peen hammers. There's, we're going to get, we're going to hear from these hammer experts <laughs> that we're not doing hammers justice. <laughs> Most hammers are a claw hammer. Okay. Uh, so he beats trail to death with this hammer in Madsen's apartment. Rolls him up in a rug and stuffs him into a closet. When Madsen comes home later that day, Cunanan uh, appears to have held him captive. Uh, Madsen's found several days later along the shores of Rush Lake near Rush City, Minnesota. Okay, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. So he goes, he kills his lover mm-hmm. guy, and then someone else comes home? So he supposedly dated or had some sort of romantic link with Madsen. Okay. And Trail, maybe, maybe not. Okay. Trail is murdered with the claw hammer in Madsen's apartment. Got it. Rolled up in a rug, put in the closet. Then Cunanan waits for Madsen to get home. So, like, maybe he didn't know Trail at all. Maybe Trail's, like, dating Madsen now. He goes into Madsen's apartment to get it, like... Who really knows what all the connections are with all of them? But either way, like, poor Jeff dies. Yeah. Then poor, what's Madsen's, then poor David dies, but their bodies aren't found together. They're found separate. Okay. So he's killed them. So he drags one out to a river? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just leave both of them in the house? I don't know. Okay. Obviously there's more, maybe there's more feelings towards David Madsen mm. and like he, I don't know. Yeah. Needed to do something with the body different. Did, was it said that they both died at the apartment or maybe? Don't know. Uh, I believe guy? so. Cause they think he was held oh, and tortured, tortured and Gunshot wounds to the head. Got it, got it, got it. That would do. Okay. So then, and here's the thing, like, when I'm researching all these stories, uh, I'm finding articles on, like, Vanity Fair, Town and Country, like, really in-depth murder articles 
on these in publications yeah. I would not expect them coming from. Wow. I mean, it was their world, and it was yeah, like, yeah. Um, so Cunanan had somehow gotten Trail's uh, forty caliber weapon. Mm-hmm. So out of Trail, either had it with him at the apartment, or somehow he ends up with this gun that belonged to this guy. He drives to Chicago next. So within a week, the body of Lee Miglin, who's a wealthy 72-year-old real estate developer, he's found in his home, horribly bludgeoned and stabbed with unmistakable signs of torture. Mm. And they don't really go into that. Yeah. Sorry, Drea. No. no. It's fine, Jackie. After the murder, Cunanan reportedly went into the kitchen and made himself a ham sandwich. Okay, so he's losing it. He's a cuckoo. Yeah. Uh, he then steals Miglin's Lexus and hits the road. So, Miglin's family has remained adamant that the married father never knew Andrew Cunanan. Like, why'd this guy drive to Chicago? Why'd he kill this old man? They're like, he didn't know him. Quit trying to make my father out to be this gay lover, sugar daddy of this guy. Yeah. Um, And what police actually think now, and what they've kind of concluded, is that it was a crime of opportunity. That Miglin was cleaning out his garage. So, that Andrew's just, like, cruising down the road. Sees this old man in his garage. He's like, oh, I'll kill this dude. Get his car. Torture him. Steal his car. But why did he torture him? Because no, because he's uh, crazy. Yeah. All right. Because the other one felt more like a crime of passion, you know. Yeah. The torturing, but maybe he has a. T- okay. Now he's got a taste for killing people. I don't know. <sighs> so a manhunt for Cunanan ensues. Uh, it's reported by the police that they're tracking him through the car phone and the stolen vehicle, <gasps> and he hears this on the like on no! the radio. So he rips the phone out of the car and dumps it. But he's like, I gotta get another car. Yeah. As he's doing this, he's pulling past a cemetery parking lot. Why would they say that on the radio? Fuck. He sees William Reese, who's the facility caretaker at the uh, graveyard, mm-hmm. and he steals his pickup truck. So okay. he shoots him, like kills him. Jesus. So now he's killed three people. Uh, three people? Four people. That's his fourth. Mm-hmm. So following his fourth murder, I can do math, Cunanan uh, mm-hmm. was featured on America's Most Wanted. What? He makes it onto the FBI's Most Wanted list, and he has like a whole segment or a whole episode of yeah. America's Most Wanted. Everyone's like, this dude is traveling the country murdering people. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, on his, so now he's on his way to Miami. Which people like to, like, hindsight's twenty twenty, and they like to give the police a hard time. They're like, where else would this guy go than, like gay Miami. Mm-hmm. You guys should have known and you should have been putting up flyers. There's and you no should've, way. Like, come, There's absolutely come on. no way. Yeah. Maybe he wants to go to Nevada. So on May 11th, 1997, so this is two days after killing his fourth victim uh, in New Jersey, Cunanan arrives in Miami and he books a room for like 27 bucks at the Normandy Plaza Hotel. Which 27 people, bucks? People describe it as a real shithole. Yeah. Uh, Do you remember it, by the hour? It's a seedy place <laughs> and it's only four miles north of Versace's mansion. And he knows where he lives? Uh, obviously weird okay so he reportedly spent his time doing a bunch of drugs eating fast food stealing going to nightclubs just kind of partying and hanging out with old men uh the hotel night manager claimed that he had paid in cash he would change his appearance and he'd possibly wear like wigs and alter the way that he looked that's weird the day before he kills versace he had run out of money and he'd left the hotel without paying his bill okay so he's kind of just like he's just running on e and maybe running on e Hey. Uh, all right. So Gianni lives, you know, four miles down the road from this hotel. He's kind of the unofficial mayor of South Beach. Um, he doesn't like he's kind of he's been in this long 15 year long relationship. He's not really a partier anymore. He gets up super early. So on this day, on July 15th, 1997, 50 year old uh, Versace gets up at 6 a.m. He makes some calls to Milan. He goes and does some more work. Uh, he leaves the mansion that he has and he heads down to a cafe. So it's three blocks from his home. He's super famous, but he also, like, people see him out and about all the time. Yeah. So he just, like, walks down to this cafe. Uh, he buys a couple episode, or episodes. He buys some magazines. He gets a Vogue. He gets a New Yorker. He gets his coffee. And he heads back to his house. It's this huge multi-million dollar mansion that he's been, like, renovating. Look up photos of it. It is crazy, crazy town. So he's on the steps. He's put the key into the gate. At that exact moment, a man Wait, come- did he walk down to the... Mm-hmm. Oh. He's a man of the people. He straight up like walks around South Beach. Uh, and everyone like waves high, like What's knows him. Yeah. yeah. So up walks Andrew Cunanan. He's in knee length shorts. He's got a gray tank top, baseball cap, backpack. Comes up, shoots him twice. <gasps> bang, bang. Execution style. He falls onto the steps of his oh. mansion and Andrew runs. So it's not like he even wanted to take anything. No, no. He Just like didn't. Bop, bop. What? 
uh, after so a while, so witnesses they they like witnesses are there. They're kind of giving descriptions of stuff, um, but Cunanan escapes. Uh, investigators find Reese's stolen pickup truck along with a pile of discarded clothes, a personal check, a passport, newspaper clippings about the previous murders, uh, a pawn shop ticket, and uh, so he's wanted at this time. They're like, oh, they're kind of putting together, like, I think this Andrew Cunanan, who's on our list, I think this is the dude, I think he just killed Versace. Eight days after the murder, a caretaker hears a gunshot in a seemingly unoccupied houseboat anchored at uh, off of Collins Avenue. So just three miles north of Versace's mansion, mm-hmm. there's this houseboat. This dude hears gunshots go off. He calls the police. Uh, SWAT comes. They lob in tear gas. They go in. Twelve hours later, they find a they find Andrew Cunanan's body. And no suicide note, nothing. He had just killed himself with the same gun he had used to what? kill Versace. What? And that's how it ends. What? No. Yeah. So it doesn't explain it at all. No. And, like, it doesn't explain it at all. People have been looking into it for years, trying to make connections, trying, like, what made him homicidal, what, why Versace, why, But, okay, why? so this is my thing. I think, like, he killed that old man for no reason. Mm-hmm. Well, essentially, like, he wanted, you know, a, a yeah. means to get away. Um, but maybe he just saw Versace. You know what I mean? He was down at the coffee shop, and maybe he's like, I'm going to kill that dude. I think dude. they found shit that meant he, like, hunted him down. What? Well, there goes that theory. Here's what I'll tell you. Okay. This is what I meant to do, and I just didn't have any time. There is a great... So, Ryan Murphy is a, like, showrunner, writer, producer. He did Nip Tuck. Mm-hmm. He makes really cool, crazy, fucking gnarly shows. He does American Horror Story, which I think is too weird for me. I don't watch it because it's just too spooky. Because mm-hmm. um, I like true crime and crime, but, like, I don't like spooky shit. Mm-mm. Not that paranormal life. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Not about it. Uh, but he did the OJ. He did the, the OJ show. <laughs> yeah. So it's American crime story. Uh-huh. So the first season is like wonderfully done. Yeah. It's like hokey in the right kind of hokey ways. Great cast. So in the second season, they do the Versace murder and the guy that plays Versace looks like I, you could not have cast him better. Wow. He does a great accent. Like it's wonderful. You get yeah. immersed in it. Yeah. Um, the guy who plays Andrew Cunanan was on Glee, I guess. I didn't watch Glee, but, like, looks identical to Andrew Cunanan. Oh, and, geez. like, is a good actor. Does a good, like, uh, from the, like, previews and stuff that I've seen. And uh, the guy who plays Versace's, like, 15-year-long lover. Yeah. Ricky Martin. Oh, Ricky. The actress who plays Versace's sister, so Donatella Versace, like, famous Donatella Versace. Yeah. Penelope Cruz. Oh no way! Yeah, oh, it's dang. got a great cast. Yeah, I like. I want to like. It's probably only like eight episodes, maybe. Yeah, it's on, it's available right now. It's on FX, so you can oh. probably find it on Hulu or. Oh, I was gonna say I don't know where. You have my Hulu password. No, I know, but this is my thing with Hulu right now. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Opinion time. I was looking for a movie last night. I really wanted to watch Casper. I go on to Hulu. Casper the Friendly Ghost with yeah. Christina Ricci <laughs> yeah. and Devin Sawa. <laughs> <laughs> because it wasn't even Halloween last night, but it was just it was just Halloween and like. Yeah. I just, I didn't want to watch, I don't like spooky things, and so I was like, Casper's friendly, and so... <laughs> He's the friendly ghost. And it brought back, you know, like, childhood memories Oh, and yeah. Stuff. This so, is a good call. Yeah, so I, looked, I went on Hulu, I, I searched for Casper, and it was like, yeah, oh yeah, it's totally here. If you have Showtime! Ooh, I don't like that. And they do that with a lot of fucking shit, and I'm just like, listen, I already pay for Hulu. Well, Jackie already pays for Hulu. <laughs> I was like, oh, you pay for Hulu? <laughs> A long time ago when I was like, you know what? I never watch Hulu anymore. I canceled it. Yeah. I got so many text messages from my friends like, hey, your Hulu's not working. Why isn't your Hulu? And I was like, oh, fuck. I guess I'm supporting all I can't remember what what show got me back. Oh, Grey's Anatomy. Oh. I I had to watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy. But yeah. Hulu. And you guys can make fun of me for that shit. I love that garbage show. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You know, I used to watch it when I was a kid with my mom and... Like, it just, I think after the second helicopter into the hospital, yeah. I just, I was like, I can't. It's insane. Yeah. It jumped the shark. Everything is ridiculous, but I got to see it through. Jumped I got the shark? An, it's a, a, a term. So there was an episode of Happy Days. Okay. Where the Fonz is water skiing <laughs> and he literally like water ski jumps over a shark. Uh-huh. And everyone's like, what the fuck has the show become? <laughs> and now it's a term in television when you're like, your show has jumped the, the shark. Ah, uh, got it. Yeah. All right. 
I learned something. There, there's your thing yeah. you learned today. <laughs> I learned that this is the first original cocktail. Uh, I think that was what I learned. No, um, that, <laughs> that's not what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> no, that uh, the old fashioned is the epitome of the definition of cocktail. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I thought that was the same thing. Nope. Did I not say it that way? No, because, you know, cocktail means the sugar, the bitters, the... Yeah, that way, that yeah, is what I learned. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. So it wasn't the first cocktail. It was that it's the epitome of a cocktail. Yes. Okay. Because not everything those, is a those cocktail. Those are different things. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that was your story. Yeah. <laughs> I even got an OJ drop in there. Look at you. I missed OJ on an episode or two. Ugh, Jackie. Yeah. Um, but I think we're going to take a short break because I definitely need another one. There you go. And so we'll be right back. All right, guys. We're back from our break and we made a second cocktail of the old fashioned. This time we did a little differently, though. We did, apparently we did the post You said second, third. Oh. this is our third cocktail (laughs) Uh, whoopsie Um, and so this one is the post prohibition Mm -hmm. and so this time what I did is I did yeah there was mad debate in the kitchen (laughs) we got in a feud Um, we took a sugar cube I did the manly shakes (laughs) of the bitters and I muddled that and then I took an orange slice and a uh, cherry and I muddled that within everything and I kept all that muddled mesh. You did your muddling in your old-fashioned glass. I did. And I said, you don't like pulp. Why are you leaving this pulpy mess in the bottom of your glass? Because it's going to get trapped by the ice and the orange peel. Yeah, I didn't have faith in that. Okay. So I put the cherry and the orange slice, the sugar cube, and the manly shakes of... Bitters. Bitters. Do you know how to say it? Nope. I don't either. That's why I'm not saying it. And, and go, ooh, bitters. <laughs> <laughs> the angle has been bitters. <laughs> and then I muddled them. Mm-hmm. And then I put the strainer on top and I poured that over my ice mm-hmm. and over my orange peel. And now is the time that I will complain. And I will say that I bought ice cube trays <laughs> to make big block, like for bourbon, like I bought... The right kind of ice cube trays, mm-hmm. and I had filtered boiled water so it wouldn't be cloudy. Like I was so excited. But when did you start this process, Jackie? N- not early enough. <laughs> so it's not ice. So I like have, the outer portion of the I ice. Have water <laughs> in a silicone thing in yeah. my freezer. Yeah. For later, I guess. For so the next episode. Yeah. That involves ice. Yeah. We'll have it. We'll do it again. <laughs> but I like all. But the, I was bummed. <laughs> I like all the effort you put into it. Like you took filtered boiled water. Oh yeah. And then I was like, all right, where's the coldest part of my freezer? <laughs> Can I put more cold stuff on it? Like I tried frozen peas on top I, of that. I tried, and you know, you can't rush science. So how do you like this cocktail versus the other one? I like it. I like it. Yeah. I don't know that I sense a huge difference. Everyone must chugging the last oh, first. Well, I'm about to tell my story, so I won't have time to drink. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta get my... <laughs> gotta get it in. Don't look at me. Uh, um, no, I like this one. I think I put more orange in mine. You did. So I'm getting a lot more of that orange juice flavors. Mm. And, like, the cherry is just, like, subtle, which I like, because I don't really like that kind of cherry. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. No, it's good. It's I also... honestly haven't tried one of those since I was an impetite baby kid, but... The cherry? They just look... Don't they look weird? Didn't we eat them for... We ate them for an episode. I didn't. Oh. You're the worst. <laughs> Do we... What was the first one we put them in? Tequila Sunrise. Yeah. I didn't eat that. Oh. Did you eat it? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think? Oh, I still hate them. Yeah, they look like cartoon cherries. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah, definitely. They've been hanging out in cartoon juice. <laughs> I... Sorry. I want to watch Roger Rabbit. Oh my God, I had so the same bad. thought. And I was like, don't interrupt her. She's about to say something, but then you can talk about Roger Rabbit. <laughs> that, was the, that was the other movie I was looking for the other night. It was Casper and Roger Rabbit. Oh my Kyle God. Kyle has never seen Roger Rabbit's. Okay. He needs to see it. He, when there's like movies from forever ago when you were a kid and you loved it, like, I worry he won't like it. Yeah. But... I made him watch, what did, oh, I made him watch uh, Princess Bride. Yeah. Which is a fucking great That's movie. That's a great movie. He ended up liking it, but I think the title throws everyone off. It does. Yeah. Uh, my buddy, who should, for all intents and purposes, love The Sandlot, was unimpressed. What? It bothers all of us to this day. No. All right. 
Go ahead. For another time. Okay, so back to murder. Murder. Because that's why you're here. Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> Let's see if I can read. Um, so, old fashions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They're old. Yep. <laughs> they are old. So I picked an old murder. Yeah. But I went older than you. I went Elizabeth Bathory. Older than my story. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not that old. <laughs> you old girl. You old. Um, no, no, no. I went older than your story. I went for Elizabeth Bathory, who was born in Hungary in 1560. Shit. Yeah, we're going way back. Okay. Okay. She was one of four children, and she's from a distinguished family that included royalty. So, like, her uncle was the king of Poland, and her nephew is the prince of Transylvania. Yeah. Okay. They got some powerful people up in her family. So she is a Hungarian noblewoman, and she's considered very beautiful and very well-educated. She speaks three languages, so which is, I think, unusual for that time, but maybe because she's a noblewoman, she has yeah, access to education. Yeah. You know, like, getting your balance ready with the books on your head. Yeah. Three... Okay. How, you speak Spanish? <laughs> I, I said it poorly. You lived in a Spanish-speaking country for two years. Yes, you have you have serviceable Spanish skills. I can get a burrito. Yes, <laughs> and, and, a, and a beer. <laughs> um, I feel like adding another language. Like, here's why I say this: I took Spanish in like middle school and high school, and I took sign language in college. Mm-hmm. And sign is a different kind of language, but mm-hmm. it's still a language. And I feel like when I went to Costa Rica and was trying to speak Spanish and trying to pull from the recesses of my brain, the library of words that I know, the biblioteca of words that I know. Donde esta la biblioteca? I kept thinking of signs. And I'd be like, that's oh. not helpful. Like, my brain kept cross-wiring me trying to translate a word yeah, yeah, yeah. into a different language that I knew that wasn't the language I was going for. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just because I talk with my hands and, like, <laughs> sign language just supersedes it or, yeah. or what, but that was an interesting Curious. thought to me. I wonder if um, that, like, motor skill, like, trumps your, your brain patterns for language. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Perfect. Okay, so, so super long ago... Super long she speaks ago. a lot of languages. All right. That was my one interruption for a while. Um, no, I think you're doing great. Um, so, um, so because of her actions later in life, she became known as the Blood Countess. Oh. And she's regarded as the most vicious female serial killer in history. What? Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> um, some consider her as the true inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Are you stoked? Yeah. Yeah, I'm stoked. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that was so bad. Jeez. I like my story. (laughs) No, I'm making fun of the stoke for Bram Stoker's jet, like for the Oh, I don't even. (laughs) I'm just stoked because I like Oh my God, I was making fun of the word. Anywho. Okay, so looking at her early life, um... So she's from a noble family, and they kind of discipline servants as... She's, like, living in Hungary? Yeah. Okay. Um, so they kind of discipline servants as you do as a noble person, because you got to yeah. make sure they're doing the right thing. Of course, yeah. got to polish that trophy Well, you can't, nice. you can't encourage and reward good behavior and pay them more. Yeah. No. Because they're servants. Yeah. <laughs> so one of her uncles uh, teaches her about Satanism. And then one of her aunts... Is it a Rasputin? <laughs> no. <laughs> One of her aunts uh, starts teaching her about sadomasochism. Ah, I tried. Sadomasochism. Oh, no. Sadomasochism. There you go. I tried so much. Yeah. And so she also just grew up during a time where higher born people would and did torture those who were poorer than them. That is so fucking crazy. Well, we're still in that time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ugh. Um, Okay. So Elizabeth... um, is now 11 years old, and she's engaged to Fernandez mm. Nadasti. This 11-year-old is engaged to Mr. Dynasty? Is that what you just said? <laughs> yeah. Gross. Um, and he's 19 at the time. Less gross, but still gross. She's 11? Yeah. I mean, that's what they did. She's engaged. So they're just... He's from, like, a higher family, and she's from a higher I know, family. I know, So it's just like, hey, little girl, you're going to marry into that family because we need their land and money. All right. Oh, all right. Okay, so then she turns 13, and she becomes pregnant. From yeah. A, okay. 
from a peasant boy in oh, town. Oh no! What? So she's impreg- uh, she's impregnated. She has the baby. From and a then- peasant boy? Yeah, you know, maybe he's good looking. She's good looking. Yeah, but like that's not how thirteen year old. Oh, whatever. All right. I'll- it's a different time. It is. She's engaged. <laughs> <laughs> so she has the baby, and then another family takes the baby, and they give they're given hush money, and they're like, just fucking get this child out of the picture. Um, so she then turns, uh, Elizabeth turns 15 years old and she becomes married, um, to her fiance. And so a couple of years pass and when she's 18, her hubby goes off to war and he becomes known as like a really savage warrior. And, um, this is very games of throwing. It is kind of, yeah. And so they, they're in Hungary and Hungary and Turkey are just like raging wars constantly between mm-hmm. each other because of like religious reasons. But, but, but bad blood. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's actually gone for most of every year, usually like 10 months out of the year. But when he is around, they're both uh, partaking in um, torturing their servants in creative ways, which wasn't, un- which wasn't uncommon for Hungarian noble people at the time. <laughs> your, your face. <laughs> I'm, imagine like, I'm going to use the term working for them. Imagine working for them. <laughs> And you're when like, am I fully vested in my and 401k? Like, and like the raven comes that says, Mr. Dynasty's coming back from war. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> but apparently she loved him. No, I'm not talking about her. I'm oh. talking about these poor people. Oh, oh Where sorry. it's like 10 months out of the year, like yeah, yeah. you're just a servant and it sucks. But yeah. then you're like, oh, fuck, Mr. Dynasty's coming back. What's his actual name? Fernance. Fernance? Yeah. He's Hungarian. Ferdinance? Fernance. Fernance. Yeah. What's his last name? Don't make me say it again. <laughs> Nadastity. Nadaste. Nas- you know. I hate you. <laughs> I got it out once. Ugh. So I can keep calling him Dynasty. They don't have to worry about him. Okay. They oh, gotta worry about okay. Elizabeth. She's the worst. Okay. 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 So, but when they're together, they have this hobby in common mm-hmm. of torturing servants. So, when he is around... He teaches her different creative ways to torture them. He's, such, he's fucked up too. Such as star kicking. No. Yes. So what it Ew, is. You're so excited <laughs> to tell me this disgusting thing. All right. What is star kicking? So what it is, is you tie up a servant girl. So her legs are kind of dingling. Oh, fuck. Mm. You take little pieces of paper soaked in oil and you put them between the toes of the girl. And then you set them on fire. And she starts to kick her legs in pain and fear, and she's kicking so hard that she starts to see stars. Star kicking. (laughs) I don't like it. We need to start recording because your face is off. I don't like it. (laughs) Oh, my God. So this is kind of like the beginning of her torture endeavors. Yeah. Um, But, you know, she has that past with her aunt and uncle, too. you're thinking up that shit. Yeah. You're thinking, like, your brain... They don't have Let's Netflix. Soak it in oil. Let's put it in your toes. They're bored. <laughs> um, so there's a tale that says that when she was uh, beating a servant, she beat the servant so hard that blood splattered onto her skin. And so later when she was cleaning it off and got the blood off, um, she thought her skin looked more vibrant. Oh, no. So she's like, oh, I want to stay young and youthful and I'm beautiful. I want to stay beautiful. So maybe the key to this is blood. okay so um because she started thinking that blood was the key she needed more access to blood so elizabeth reportedly had you got your own blood girl no but she needs younger blood Mm. she's aging okay so elizabeth reportedly had four right hand servants who consisted of three older ladies and a man and so they would lure young peasants to the castle with promises of high paying jobs as servants um, so once at the castle, the new servants were stripped of their clothes and bathed, mm-hmm. and then they were lined up in front of Elizabeth so she could pick out which ones she wanted to torture. And she would always pick the ones that looked healthier and like more robust because she knew that they could withstand torture for longer. She knew that from experience. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Um, so one girl was caught stealing some money. So Elizabeth tied her to a chair and she held a coin in some flames until it, it got really white hot and she put it to the girl's hand. And mm-hmm. so it like seared into her hand. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't just torture victims in her castle in Hungary. She actually would go visit family in Vienna. She'd travel. She'd travel. 
and she would um <laughs> her house in Vienna was actually across the street from a monastery mm. and these poor monks would hear her torturing her servants no. and they would hear screams coming from like the house but she's a normal woman so they can't they can't do anything so oh. they started throwing pots and pans at her windows to get her to stop Jesus yeah um and so in 1604 um her husband dies and so this kind of leaves her in a weird, like, actually in a really bad position because she has all this wealth mm-hmm. and all this land. And you got to have a dude. Yeah. And they're they're essentially like the Kennedys of the day. Like, they're really popular. Well, they're, they're really well known. They're not okay. popular. And they're super fucking wealthy. And so this starts, I don't know if it was the stress or maybe she was just getting more into the torture, but her torture starts getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And so she starts doing, like, needles under the nails. Mm. She uh, stripped a couple girls naked and left them to freeze out in the snow. She would bite their breasts, hands, faces, and arms. She'd sew their lips shut. She smeared one. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) She smeared one girl in honey and left her outside so all the bugs could get her. Ugh. We talked about the honey and ants not Mm. wanting to die that way. Mm Mm-mm. Um, this is bad. She would cut. That was just bad, too. Yeah. She would cut pieces of flesh from girls and make the girls cook their own flesh and then eat it. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. So her favorite tool to use in tortures was uh, scissors and she would cut off hands, noses, and... With scissors? Mm Mm-hmm. These aren't like the ones we have at the office. This is like... Uh, No, think of the best scissor you've ever seen. Shears. I'll even give you shears. Cutting off hands... Fingers, noses, noses, genitals. <laughs> I think when I think of her scissors, I think of. Do you remember the animated version of Hercules? And I never those, saw it. You never saw it. I know. Sorry. Guess what we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh well, you won't know. Anyways, the three witches um, of in like, Hercules. Yeah, there's, there's these witches. Like, uh, they're they're essentially witches. They um they all share one eyeball, and um, oh, this they, sounds <laughs> fucking strange. And they can see people's futures like i think they could see when you're about to die and so one brings out this thread and one brings out these shears like these scissors big shears big disney shears is what you imagine yes and it's like little chips out of it and then they would cut the string when your life was done because that's your lifeline essentially okay but hercules his lifeline doesn't get cut because it turns to gold because he's a god um but we'll watch it okay did i just spoil it maybe ah fuck I will go the distance. I know the song. What? It's very good. So, anyways, her favorite weapon is the scissors. And her favorite part to cut was the skin in between the fingers. Oh, my God. Yeah. She really is, like, fucked. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So, according to legend, so this part isn't really documented, but Elizabeth would bathe in the blood of her virgin victims. Again, believing that her skin would become radiant and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is, this part is documented. So she would capture girls and put them in cages, like high up in the, in the ceiling, kind of like, uh, the cages in, uh, Hocus, Hocus, Hocus Pocus. Yeah. And so she would take this long prod and start stabbing them. And so blood would start dripping down and like cover her and she would just start screaming obscenities. All of it is so scary. All of it is so scary, Drea. Imagine, oh, then you just think of all the complicit people who are like, well, She's the bad queen. I'll, I gotta drag this person up and put him in a cage. Yeah, yeah. Those four people, her like little henchmen. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um. So she also reportedly uh, drank her victims' blood, and so I was watching this documentary on her Elizabeth, and they were saying that if this part was true, <clears throat> if she was drinking blood, it was probably because during her menstrual cycle she was losing a lot of blood. So maybe she was anemic, and so when she was Drinking the blood, she was restoring her iron level. So when she looked in the mirror, she had like this glow, this flush about her. So she mm. that could have been feeding into her thoughts that the blood yeah. would keep her beautiful. Um, but nowadays we have iron supplements, so yeah. don't or drink just, blood. You, you know, you can buy blood from the blood bank and drink that. No, 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 no. just go get iron supplements, <laughs> Jackie. Um, I can't even, imagine, imagine drinking blood. I mean, you have, right? On yourself? Like, you have a wound and you're, like, on a finger? Yeah. You've li- but imagine, I'm saying, 
a glass, a pint of blood. Imagine drinking that. Like Richard Chase? Yeah. Uh. Like, ooh, it tastes so bad and make your stomach... Ouchie? Yeah. Mm. All right. So she killed so many girls that she started running out of places to hide the bodies. And so she started to keep them around the castle and even, like, under her bed. What the fuck did that castle smell like? Oh, it smelled like shit. I wasn't there, but I can imagine. Because you have your latrines, and you have these dead bodies all over the place. So she's finally caught, because after... So, during this whole time, she's killing, like, um, peasants. And then she decides to go after the daughter of a local Protestant minister. And so the nobles found out, and they're like, hey, hey. Keep your weird shit to yourself. No, 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 no. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Not our daughters. And so on December 29th, 1610, Count uh, Gregory Thurzo, who is actually a relative of Elizabeth, but was super about her money and land, mm-hmm. storms up to her castle after hearing all these rumors, and she fi- and he finds uh, like a freshly buried body and like a servant who's been badly beaten. So he kind of, he's like, the rumors are true. Yeah. Um, so they take her away, and they, they actually question over 300 people during this investigation. 300 people? Mm-hmm. It's quite the HR department. <laughs> and so the exact number of Elizabeth's victims is unknown. And even during the interviews, the numbers were kind of, like, all over the place. So two of her older servants, the one who were, like, helping uh, capture young girls, um, said that while they were working for her, the victims were around 36 to 37 um, but then the other two servants said the estimate was more like above 50. And then many of the other castle personnel estimated the number of bodies removed from castle the castle. Castle personnel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the number of bodies removed from the castle was between 100 and 200. Good Lord. One witness said she had seen Elizabeth's journal that had the names of all of her victims, which t- totaled over 650 you are about these body counts. Yeah. Goodness. Mm-hmm. So, in 1611, they're like, we, we gotta do something with you. Yeah. So, they took her to her castle, put her in her, like, room, essentially, and then bricked her inside. They Rapunzel her. Yeah? Right? Didn't Rapunzel get sent up to the thing and, like, only her hair saved her? <laughs> yeah. Only Elizabeth's hair does not save her. Yeah. Um, they, like, walled her off into... Yeah. Like, you'll die in this little room in a week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, no, they they left a small opening for food. So she's just like a prison... Oh, wow. Yeah, so she's just in this well, fucking room. I feel bad for room, her. And she died four years later. In, four years later? In 1614. Could you imagine how bored you, you are? Especially when you're, like, into torturing people. I wonder if she tortured herself. I don't you know, think like so. She started, no? No. Self-beauty. Because she, like, thought she was beautiful, so probably not. Um, so there's... Another side of the story. Another side of the story? That nothing ever happened. What do you mean? That Elizabeth never tortured anyone. What? Yeah. Are we talking hysteria? Are we talking stealing a land grab? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you got me. Okay, so there's a theory that it was all made up. That she was probably torturing her servants to an extent because that's what everybody did back then. Or maybe um, she was just a mean lady, you know? Ladies who get shit done get called a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like how you did the head, yeah. the head thing. Okay, so Thur- uh, Thurzo, who who was the one who mm-hmm. went up to the who castle, stormed the castle, who's her cousin, had been assisting King uh, Matthias to extend his control over Hungarian nobles, and the Bathory family certainly fell into this category. And like Thurzo definitely wanted her wealth and land. Mm. Uh, a second part of this is King Matthias and the imperial family owed substantial amounts of money to Elizabeth, mm-hmm. which they had trouble paying off. And so this may have provided a motive to have her out of the picture. Okay. And lastly, she was kind of an easy target to gain control over since she was a widow in charge of a large uh, of an, a large estate. So during this era in Central Europe, it was common to use widows as scapegoats and accuse them as witches and murderers and make them responsible for natural deaths. So witches and murderers was already a a thing, an innocent being accused of. Because I was going to say, like, maybe it's a little from column A, a little from column B. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I definitely think, considering her past and all those people, because apparently she was beaten and then her uncle played a part with the Satanism, I think she did torture some girls, but I don't think... I, I think it was a little bit both. They definitely wanted her land. 
Dude. Yeah. Old fashioned murder. Old fashioned murder. Well played. Thank you. You like that twist? Yeah. That was, <laughs> you got me. I feel like you've told me that story before and you still got me. <laughs> Sweet. Well, that was this week's episode, The Old Fashioned. We hope you enjoy. If you have any comments, hit us up on Instagram. And yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. As always, on our talent was Jackie Andrea. Uh, be sure to check out our Instagram at Killer Cocktails Podcast or stop by our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, for up to date information, photos, contests, and more. Our logo was created by Michelle Firm, whose amazing art can be found at MichelleFirmDesign.com. Use coupon code KillerCocktails, that's one word, for 15% off your entire order. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlus, and we'll be back next week on hashtag Murder Mondays. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.